In the name of Allah, the Beneficent, the Merciful, I bear witness that there is no God but Allah, and I bear witness that Muhammad is his messenger. We greet you once again in the greeting words of peace. We say it in our original tongue of Arabic, the language of our ancestors. Assalamu alaikum, and that means peace be unto you. Brothers and sisters, welcome to the Nation of Islam Sunday broadcast. We hope that you are feeling just as good and as blessed as we are feeling this morning. Allah has given to us another day, another opportunity, another chance to do better, think better, and be better. So we thank Allah for his grace and his mercy. It is our honor to share with you the life-giving teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad as given and taught and demonstrated by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. For those of you who may be tuned in for your first or maybe even your second or your third time, we know that in hearing the vocabulary in the nation of Islam, sometimes it causes us to be uncomfortable when we hear words like Allah or words like assalamu alaikum or words like Islam, because in the back of your mind, you may be wondering, what are these brothers and sisters talking about? And because the enemy of truth has portrayed these terms to be associated with bad or evil, a lot of our people have fallen for the trap and allow Satan to divide and conquer each and every one of us. But when we say Allah, brothers and sisters, we are using our original tongue of Arabic to describe the supreme being. Allah is not a separate God. Allah is not some different God. Allah is not some back alley, back something down in the distant future God. It is the same supreme being that when you call on God or Jah or Yahweh or Dios, we're all talking about the same thing. The others are languages. It may be from English or Spanish or Hebrew, but in Arabic, we say Allah because all good names belong to Allah. So it is with our greetings of assalamu alaikum as well. These are not some magical words or a creepy cantation from a dimly lit room. These are simply the Arabic words that means peace be unto you. And if you read the scriptures, specifically in the New Testament, in the scriptures talking about Jesus, you would see that Jesus always went in and out from amongst his disciples. And whenever he would do that, he would say, peace be unto you. Well, if Jesus existed 2,000 years ago, and we know that English is at best 1,500 years old, then we know that Jesus did not speak English. So evidently, he would have said, assalamu alaikum or ashalom alaikum, but either way, it is just a misunderstanding. And lastly, Arabic is a very mathematically precise language. So many words that have to be used in the English language can be succinctly said in Arabic in just one or two words. So if we say obedience or submission to do the will of Allah, that is a total of seven words. But in our original tongue of Arabic, the language of our forefathers and our foremothers, we can say it in one, which is Islam. And it is our striving to fulfill this definition of obedience or submission to God, which makes us Muslims. So when we call you a Muslim and we say that your nature is Islam, we are inviting you to a lifestyle of submission and obedience to God. And the closer that we can get to that objective, brothers and sisters, the more peace and the more serenity of mind each and every one of us will experience each and every day. So we ask that this morning, as each speaker comes before you, you listen intently to what they have to share and come with a pure heart come with an open mind because the enemy has done a magnificent job in causing confusion and misunderstanding to divide and separate us from one another. To carry us further in this morning's program, please welcome to the rostrum, Brother Jair Muhammad. Assalamu alaikum.
in the name of Allah, the Beneficent, the Merciful, I bear witness that there is no God but Allah, who appeared to us in the person of Master Far Muhammad. I bear witness that the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad is his Messenger Messiah, and I bear witness that the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan is their divine reminder, servant, and one among us today. It is in their beautiful names that I would like to greet you all with the greeting words of peace and of paradise. Assalamu alaikum. I would like to first start off by thanking Almighty God Allah and my teacher, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, and his National Assistant, Student Minister Ishmael Muhammad, for allowing me the honor and privilege to humbly stand before you all this morning. I am so grateful to Almighty God Allah for blessing me to have been born and raised in the nation of Islam and to have a teacher as wonderful as the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, considering the condition that the world is in and the attack that is on us as the black youth. It is truly an honor and privilege because we have been blessed to receive a knowledge that removes the slave-like mindset that our people have been injected with, a knowledge that removes the belief of a spook god from its very root. People are amazed with us as students of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan by the grace of Allah and the level of intelligence that they hear coming from us. They see the way that we dress. They see the young men and young women who are civilized and carry themselves as our teacher taught us, which resembles high civilization. Because that's what the Savior came to make the original people of our earth into, a civilized nation. And they know that we are not young men and young women made by the world, but we are young men and young women made by Elijah and Farrakhan. Our enemy is very particular in his attack on the black youth out of fear of us because he knows that the Messiah represents the end of his civilization. He represents the end of his time on our planet, and the black youth is born to help and aid the Messiah. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan talking about the youth, he said, our children today are the greatest generation that has ever been produced. They are strong, they are gifted, and they are fearless. They don't fear death because they live with it every day of their lives. The minister also said, our youth have the basic quality to say to any mountain, be removed, and they are willing to go over the mountain, under the mountain, through the mountain, around the mountain, or remove the mountain completely. That is what creates the terrible fear in government that the right man coming with the right message, connecting with that kind of spirit in the youth, liberation will never have to be a dream anymore. We don't ever have to sing, we shall overcome with young people. Today with God's idea on the root of their brain, we will have already overcome." End quote. Our enemy has programmed most of our young brothers to believe that there are either one or three ways that they can change their, their terrible condition, sports, music, or the streets. Our enemy has systematically programmed us to believe that those are our only, our only options in order to keep us under his control. And it is simply out of our ignorance and lack of knowledge that he is able to be successful. For example, if you play basketball, football, or baseball, who do you think owns and controls these major associations? That, you're, that you've given majority of your early life spending hours and hours training for a shot to make. If you get signed, or let's say you, you, uh, you join a record label, who do you think controls you and the money that you sign when you sign that contract? So if you want to produce uplifting music that spreads posit positivity and will change the condition of our people for the better, he tells you no, the song is too clean. He said, add more profanity, talk more about drugs, disrespect more women and murder, or your contract is up. So if you choose the streets, 
our enemy has put us against one another, where we call ourselves the opposition, where we're able to kill each other in cold blood. Who do you think supplies us with these drugs? Who do you think or how do you think these crates of guns just somehow end up in our communities? You and I know for a fact that we have no knowledge of how to make and manufacture these highly dangerous weapons. It is the same as when on the island of Nihon or Japan in 1543, a ship filled with Portuguese traders somehow accidentally landed on the island of Tanegashima with crates full of weapon called the Arcubus that they sold to our Japanese brothers who were feudal lords at the time, which are called daimyos, and that gave them an advantage over the other Japanese clans that they were at war with when they were battling for the unity of all Japan. So brothers and sisters, I use Japan as an example to show that our enemy has just taken his knowledge of technology that he has been taught and went all around the earth and just copy and pasted it in different parts of the earth, and he has been successful. So out of those three options that I laid out, whatever option you choose, you will always be under the control of Satan, and you will only be permitted to do what he allows you to do. And just think about it, brothers and sisters, that is why they hate the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, because he has absolutely zero attachment to Satan whatsoever. There is no amount of money that they could offer the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan that would cause him to bend his knees and bow down to the enemy because he is equipped with the knowledge of self, the knowledge of God, and the knowledge of the enemy of God so he knows how to handle our enemy. And the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan has been depositing that same knowledge and wisdom into us, and that is what they fear. They fear the minister awakening the God that is within each and every one of us and making Satan fully known among all human beings. And we are living in that time of the manifestation and the presence of God himself. All praise is due to all our brothers and sisters. As I close, the attack on us as black youth is from their fear of our potential and their fear of our future. And they have taken control of our minds which keeps our threat to their civilization and their world to a minimum. And that is why they tried their hardest to silence the mouthpiece of God among us today, because who was the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, because if the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan's voice can just enter into your ears, if it can enter into your mind, you will begin to change and be renewed, and it will cause a transformation in our lives, like the scripture says, be ye transformed by the renewal of your mind. Hearing his voice, the voice of truth, the voice of freedom, justice, and equality, the voice of pure love, the voice of his teacher, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad speaking through him is enough to remove that slave-like mentality and is enough to truly set us free as a people. As Jesus said, ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And that is what the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan has been given to us for over six decades. And once our minds are renewed, like the minister says, we don't ever have to sing, we shall overcome because with God's idea at the forefront of our minds, we will have already overcome. I thank you all for allowing me these few brief moments to speak. I leave you all as I came with the greeting words of peace and of paradise. Assalamu alaikum. Please bring to the rostrum student minister, Abel Muhammad. In the name of Allah, the Beneficent, the Merciful. In the name of Allah, the Beneficent, the Merciful. I bear witness there is no God but Allah, and I bear witness that Muhammad is his messenger. We greet you this morning, brothers and sisters, from wherever you may be watching us across the planet this morning, in the greeting words of peace, which we say in the Arabic language, Assalamu alaikum. Dear brothers and sisters, to have peace is such 
a blessing and a gift from Allah God. As we find ourselves facing unique and trying circumstances, looking for answers, security, relief, and refuge, seeking Allah God's mercy in a world filled with confusion, fear, distrust, and anxiety. In this time of trouble, there is no better friend, no better guide, no better place to find refuge than with Almighty God, Allah. He, Allah God, out of his great mercy, intervenes and provides guidance and warning. This is his pattern, and he is consistent. So today, we have such mercy and guidance and warning in the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, as represented by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. The criterion that Allah God gave to us through the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan on July 4th, 2020, is a message from the Creator out of a deep concern and compassion for human life. It is truly a message of divine love. The Holy Quran says to us in the 16th chapter, verses 43 and 44, and we sent not before thee any but men to whom we sent revelation. So ask the followers of the reminder, if you know not, with clear arguments and scriptures, and we have revealed to thee the reminder that thou mayest make clear to men that which was revealed, which has been revealed to them, and that haply they may reflect. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan has reminded us over and over for the last six decades. He has reminded us and raised for us and pointed us to the law of God and standard given to us by Almighty God Allah through his prophets. But have we listened? Have we truly considered the words, the guidance, the mercy, and the blessing of the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad as given to us and represented to us by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan? Study the men. Study their work to better understand the real value of these two human beings who Almighty God Allah has raised up for us the black people of America, and for all of humanity. We are here this morning to receive guidance in a time of trouble, to help us understand the time in which we live and what we must do if we want to make it through this time of darkness to the light of a new day. We are now living in a time of trouble described in the scripture as darkness, which according to the dictionary means the partial or total absence of light. The book of Isaiah in the 60th chapter speaks of it as gross darkness. Using this adjective, the word gross means very obvious and unacceptable, very rude or coarse, vulgar, very unpleasant, repulsive. Is this not what we see and are experiencing today? 
The dissatisfaction among the people is increasing because what is being provided as guidance is not sufficient, not acceptable to answer the needs of the people. This dissatisfaction plunges us into discord and we, get, we begin to repel one another. We are rude, coarse, and cold to each other. It's not pleasant, it's heavy, dense, it's a dark existence. And the troubles which appear to have no end or solution are causing many to lose hope, which further intensifies the gross darkness. But it is in such a time and under such circumstances that Almighty God, Allah, through his revealed words, reminds us, as it is written in the 60th chapter of the book of Isaiah, that the Lord shall arise upon thee and his glory shall be seen upon thee. To see in darkness means that light is now present. But this is a special light being described. It is the Lord himself who arises. So here the presence of God is compared to the light that arises. To arise means to emerge, become apparent, get up or stand up. The light is not physical light such as from a lamp or some source in the material world, but it is a human being whose light is compared to the sun itself. The Bible says in the ninth chapter of Isaiah that the people who walked in gross darkness have seen a great light, that they who dwell in the shadow of death upon them hath the light shined. The light that shines, the light that is seen is a man, a human being possessed with knowledge, wisdom, power, and guidance from Almighty God, Allah. Beloved brothers and sisters, human beings of all colors, ethnicities, and backgrounds who may be watching this morning, we are here to receive the light, the truth, which vanishes gross darkness. We are here for strength, hope, and shelter from the troubles that are in our home, in our community, in our city, in our state, in our nation, the trouble that is in the world. We are here to be reminded of the word of God and his instructions for you and I, which is given to us from the mouth of the Messiah. Guidance is something that provides direction or advice to a decision or course of action. We are here today to receive guidance that will allow us to make the right decisions for our lives, the lives of our children, the community, our people, and it can guide the cities we live in, the country we live in, and even the world, if we will listen, if we will follow right guidance. This morning, it is an honor and pleasure to present to you with our keynote address, a follower of the reminder, one who is disciplining his life to follow the Messiah, our brother and friend here at Mas Mariam to speak on the subject, the will of Allah. Please receive student minister, Jeffrey Muhammad. Assalamu alaikum. In the name of Allah, the beneficent, the merciful, 
I bear witness that there is no God but Allah, who came in the person of Master Farad Muhammad, to whom praise belongs forever. And I bear witness that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad is his Messiah, his messenger. And I further bear witness that the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan is their divine reminder, warner, and servant in our midst. I greet you all in the greeting words of peace. Assalamu alaikum. To the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, we thank you for the opportunity to share what you have shared with us. We would have nothing of value to say if Allah had not made you of such great value. To my big brother, student minister Ishmael Muhammad, thank you for the opportunity to just bear witness to the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and to the team of student ministers that have shared. Thank each and every one of you brothers. This is a team of brothers that are striving to do God's will. Student Minister Ishmael stated in his last lecture of separation or death from his study of the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, he stated that Allah says, I am going to walk among them and they will be my people and I will be their God. He further quoted from his studies that the Bible says, come out from among them. It's an order. It's God's will. Come out from among them. This is the will of God for the people today. And he later said, we get to the promised land by writing the will of God. Student minister Daniel Muhammad last week in his lecture, Gods at War, mentioned the struggle, the struggle of the wills between good and bad, the oppressor, the oppressed, and the forces that are battling for control. The question becomes, who is the stronger? Who has the stronger will? We know that Allah's will is the strongest. We already know that he is the victor. But we have to have faith to know that he is that. We're living in the day and time of the judgment of God. And the opposing forces are pulling each and every one of us, pulling countries apart, pulling families apart, pulling principles apart. These forces of will is wicked versus the righteous, the oppressed versus the oppressor, ignorance versus knowledge. It is time for the separation of the good and the separation of the bad. And many of us that watch sports, we know that many times you think that the most well-prepared team or the best-looking team can win, but it's usually the team that has the strongest will to win. We are all watching this battle going on between God and the wicked. And we're looking at it sometime from our television like the World Series or Super Bowl or Olympics 
But this is not a spectator sport. We are all participants in this fight. This fight for our will can take us to one side or pull us to the other. We have to put our hands on the rope and make a decision. Will it be God's will or will it be the will of Satan? Whose will is stronger? Many times it seems like evil just never loses. It seems like all of the people that do wrong just keep prospering. The more they steal, the richer they become. The more they kill, they become more innocent. But then the innocent are held accountable to every little bitty thing. Sometimes it seems like the righteous never can seem to prosper. And many have given up their hope and given up their faith in what they thought was God. They're now saying that it seems that Satan is stronger. But God has not said that yet. We have a God that is present. We have a savior in our midst. And his power and his might, it backs the righteous. And each and every Sunday, one of the representatives, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, attempts to introduce each and every one of us to that power of Almighty God Allah that exists not just outside of you, but the God that exists on the inside of you. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan stated that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad has said to us that to know and to do Allah's will is absolutely our salvation. But the question must be asked, how do we know Allah's will? The Bible says that we're living in the time and the day of judgment. Most of us that grew up in church or mosque or grew up in a family of scripture, it was always stated that there was a time of judgment coming. And most never knew or thought that they would live to be in that moment. It always seemed like a faraway thing, but we're now living in that day of judgment. And the true judge is God because the judges of this world were and are too competent to give proper justice. This is the day of judgment we've read about. This is the eternal will of Allah that he would come and he would be the head judge. Allah's will will be done, as the Bible says, on earth as it is in heaven. Allah's will is not to come or his day of judgment is not as we were improperly taught that would occur after we physically die. But judgment would occur while we still live. The death that the Bible refers to, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan teaches us that it's not a physical death, but a mental, psychological, and a spiritual death. And that the resurrection of the dead is not someone going out to the graveyard telling the bones to rise. But metaphysically, a man telling the bones that are walking on the street with no aim and no purpose. A man blowing a trumpet telling those that are under the hands of a Satan, the hands of an evil and wicked enemy, to rise from their grave-like position, to stand up like men and stand up like women and be free 
and submit their will to do God's will. That is the resurrection that we all need. That is the resurrection that we all desire. This is the day of judgment. Our enemy, he knew that at a certain point, his day would be over. He has been planning and preparing that his time would come. He would not tell us. He would only continue to lie and try to break our will, that we would align ourselves with him and not listen to God's man when he would appear. But the Bible says that at a certain time, God would come out of his hiding place. He's come out of his place because the murder of innocent men and women, the raping of innocent men and women, the miseducation of men and women, the experimentation that has gone on with men and women has caused God to come out of his hiding place and to issue justice. This country and other countries have destabilized countries that they've had no business in. This has produced a judgment that must occur. The scripture says, come out of her, my people. Why should we come out of her? Because Allah is going to go in and clean that house. He's telling us to come out of her, come out of her wicked ways, come out of her wicked thoughts, come out of her wicked actions, come out of her wicked education and come into my house. Come to me. And there, salvation is still available. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, he's a warner. He's a blessing, a mercy for God for everyone. He is Allah's active will among us if we follow him. And if we follow him, we follow our way to salvation. And if we listen to him, we can hear salvation. And if we submit to his God, we can receive salvation. What is the will of God? The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan writes in the study guides that everything in creation is the manifestation of the will of God. All of creation expresses the attributes or characteristics of this mighty being, the originator of the heavens and the earth. But the will of God is the power behind the throne. The will of God is the power behind the universe, its creation, its maintenance, and its sustenance. The will is the real power of God in man. However, the will must be buttressed or supported by faith and by knowledge. Will, according to Webster, is the faculty of conscience and especially of deliberate action. There is no action that is not preceded by a conscious thought, planning, and then carrying of a plan into action. Will is the power of control that the mind has over its own action. Allah is well pleased with his thoughts. He has thought deliberately of his mind to make us his people and to be our God. To be able to will is to have a creative force within that actually can change the condition of our lives, change the conditions of our homes, change the conditions of our community, our nation, and even the world. But will without faith, will without knowledge, 
is power without direction. It is power that can be manipulated. It is power that can be used by a smart, crooked deceiver to make slaves of the totality of the human family. Therefore, all of us must be possessors of knowledge and faith. And what is faith? The Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. Faith is the confidence or trust in a person or thing. Allah has two forms of his will. He has a general will for man, which is to be good, to be kind, and love your neighbor, respect the planet, and treat all men as you want to be treated. But in this day of time, God has a very specific will, a very specific thought that is written of in scripture for a very specific people a peculiar people that he chooses in order to produce and raise from that people a specific and peculiar person in order to make that people the people of God. Allah's will is to make a people in order to produce a man from that people who can save that people and all of humanity. For they are the people who belong to Christ and they are the people from whom Christ is raised. Why should we know the will of God at this time? Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan teaches that whatever Allah wills, the element of time, the forces of nature assist in what he permits. We are in the time of judgment. When Allah renders his judgment, he wants us to agree with him. So he is patient. He will send his judgment down and then wait on you and I to become convinced because at first you may think God is wrong. How is it that we think God is wrong? So we all say we want to follow God's will. God, thy will be done. But the trial comes when his will is not my will. When God's will is that I have to suffer privation, or lose something in my house, or lose someone in my family, or lose a position, then that's not my will. Now I got a question, well, God, is that you? But I pray, God, your will be done. And maybe something happens in your life, in my life, that doesn't appear to be good. But in the ultimate scheme of things, all things work together for the good those who love and serve the Lord and are called according to his purpose. There are many things in God's plan, in God's will, that in our eyes don't seem good, don't seem right. But that's because we don't have a comprehensive knowledge to fully understand God's plan. So then the element of faith has to come in. Because God's will is always agreeable to us when we're on the benefit side of receiving his will. If I get a new home and that's God's will, Allahu Akbar. If I receive a child, that's God's will, Allahu Akbar. If I receive compensation, 
that's God's will. Allahu Akbar. If you receive a raise or recognition, that's God's will. Allahu Akbar. But the times when you don't receive any of the above, okay, God, where are you? What happened? God, you know I prayed for that and I thought it was a part of your will, but I didn't get it. Are you there? Are you listening to me? We begin to question his will. But the minister said he is patient because we're not. And it's because we don't have a comprehensive knowledge that when we say we want to follow God's will, we're saying it based on conditions. Oh Allah, I submit to your will as long as. And each of us have a dot, dot, dot to what that long as means. Oh Allah, I submit to your will if you get me out of trouble. Oh Allah, I got arrested. I'll follow you and submit if you don't let me go to jail. Oh Allah, they pulled me over the police. I don't have a license. Allah, if you get me through this, I promise. I submit to your will. Oh, Allah, I had this argument. It don't look good. If you help me get through this, Allah, I'll submit. We put conditions on submission to God's will. But Jesus asked God, if you can take this cup away from me, please. But if not, thy will be done. These forces that align in nature, that assist in God's will. These very forces can assist each and every one of us if we're in time, on time with God's will. But once the idea and the will is served, the forces that once served it now work against it. It shows that when you're in harmony with Allah's will, the power and force of the universe aids the person who desires to do his will. What are your goals? What are my goals? Are they in harmony with Allah's will? Jesus said, not my will, thy will be done. He was and is so in harmony with Allah's will, so aligned with his Father's will, that through this special human being, the intent and desire of God is made known. No matter what he desired, he was able to put his personal desires to the side and allow God to do, as they say on the street, what he do. He was able to put whatever his wants, his dreams, his ambitions, he was able to put that to the side. God, if that's not for me, I'll take what you have for me. Oh Allah, I have dreams. I've practiced, I've done this, but if that's not what you want me to do, I'll follow you wherever you want me to go. Not many of us can submit like that, only a few. And when we see one like that, that's willing to give himself up, willing to give herself up from God, then they're examples of God's will. Jesus specifically stated that we all have to study in Matthew chapter 6. He said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Next two points, critical. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. God's active will for us today is the establishment of the kingdom of God on earth, a universal kingdom of peace 
a place in which we all can live in peace. But it can only happen after the removal of Satan and his world. Not just the external Satan, but the internal Satan as well. Allah intends to cleanse this planet. He intends to purify this planet. Why does he have to clean and purify it? The very water that we drink has been contaminated. The air has been polluted. And the animals have been poisoned. Even we, human beings, we have been polluted with bad foods, drugs, alcohol, and bad thoughts. We need to be purified. We need to be cleansed. Allah intends to purge the planet of rebellion and disobedience and purge the planet of the wicked rulers of this world. Brothers and sisters, we're living in the time of the judgment of this world. Study God says, for everything that Allah created is a result of his command to be. And everything that Allah created has an aim and a purpose. Since nothing in this creation is without aim or purpose, when we learn to read creation, we read the aim and purpose of Allah. And to read Allah's aim and purpose is to know Allah's will for his creatures. The Bible says, how can they know except they have a teacher? See, most of us don't know how to read creation. In fact, many of us don't really know how to read. We've been miseducated and we've given up on this world's education. Our children don't see the value in it because many of us that have gone on to school and colleges, universities, our children have not seen us prosper to the degree that would inspire them to follow in our footsteps. So they say my mom and my father with masters and doctorates, they're still struggling, still don't have nothing, still complaining and still whining, marching for justice, begging for equality and begging for jobs. But my brother and sister that's on the street, that's slinging crack, slinging cocaine, they ain't asking nobody for nothing. They're driving the same cars, living in the same house, and complaining the same. But they didn't waste 10 years of going into school and having $200,000 of debt, so if I can make the same amount of money hustling that my mother and father made going all those years of school and they ain't getting nothing out of that, then I'm not going to school at all. And many brothers and sisters of our young men and women are dropping out in high school. Many are leaving in the seventh and eighth grade. They don't see the benefit of this education. They don't see where it's making them to do anything but to be further slaves. So the Bible says, and how can they have a teacher except he be sent? None of us can read creation except it be with the will of God and his permission. So since we can't read creation, he sends us one that can and that will guide us. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan says that whenever a man loses the ability to read Allah's will in that which is around him or her, then it is incumbent upon Almighty God, Allah, out of the abundance of his love and mercy for humanity, to raise a prophet, a messenger, and an apostle to teach us the will of Allah and to give us the privilege the opportunity to submit our will to do the will of Allah and come into favor with Allah. 
we can see that we live in such times today where man is trying to read, but reading it improperly. For even though we have scholars and scientists who absolutely are reading creation, they are not reading creation to find the will of Allah. They are reading creation to learn how to use the powers of creation for their vain self-seeking and self-serving ends. So Allah must step in to confuse the scientists, to confuse the scholars, and to bring their knowledge to a knot. This is because their knowledge is not serving them in the service of Allah and humanity, but their knowledge is destructive to them and to humanity. The minister further asks, what about the poor and the ignorant who take their doctors of law and their monks for lords besides Allah? They need to know the will of Allah. We need to know the will of Allah. So Allah must intervene in our affairs lest all of us be destroyed. In these current times, brothers and sisters, many of our families and our friends have been affected by a pestilence from God. Many of our families are sick and have contracted COVID. Many of our families and friends have lost their lives. And here in the nation, our prayers and our love and support go out to all of those who have lost family members. But the question to ask and not being insensitive, a people that at some point in our history, God was first. God was everything. But as we talk more and more of COVID-19, no one mentions God's name. You don't hear on the news where people say, let's pray to God. The scientists of this world make statements and we bet our life on it. Religious people are willing to say, take the vaccine before they say, go to prayer. There's nowhere in the Bible when things hit God's people. And Moses was sent plagues to Pharaoh. Pharaoh never said, pray to God. Pharaoh kept telling the people, turn to him. And Pharaoh used his scientists, his scholars, to try to turn the plagues. But Moses kept saying to Pharaoh, if you listen to God, there'd be no more of the plagues. So our people that have been affected and are nervous and are afraid and don't know what to do, before you submit to man who has limited knowledge, first turn to God in prayer. And we believe that the answer to how we should handle ourselves has been given from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan when he says, go into your homes and close the door. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan teaches us, keep your mask on. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan tells us to be careful of where we go. We who follow Minister Farrakhan will wait for him to tell us the next step. We will not submit to the doctors of this world 
until the doctor given to us from God first tells us what to do. We will not take this vaccine until the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan gives us the okay. If he says for us not to take it, we will not take it. That's now when the battle of the wheels comes into effect. Many of us that are on our jobs and we have children and this has been our job all of our life. And we don't know of any other place that we can go. We don't see where we can get a better job. And now our jobs are telling us either take the vaccine or you'll be fired. And some jobs are acting like they don't want to accept exemptions. So now we're in a state of trial. It's our will against devil's will. If I lose my job, how will I feed my family? If I lose my job, how will I pay my rent? If I lose my job, how will I pay for my car? Now comes faith. Do we have faith in a system that has never been right for us? We have to ask ourselves, why would we be considered first to be saved at this point when we were always last in every other category? Why would we be offered marijuana for a vaccine, death to be cured? Why would money be offered to us for a vaccine, which means they had money all the time and they could have gave away anyway? Why are our children there threatened if you can't come take the vaccine? You won't go to school. They're on television that it's the black community, it's the brown community that are not taking the vaccine, that are spreading it. When are we in your community spreading it among your people? We're not in your community, we're not in your businesses, so we're not giving it to you. Ask yourself, then it is a crooked deceiver that is making black people the fall guy. There were those who did the bidding of Pharaoh, and Pharaoh's bidding was not right-directed. This tells us that Pharaoh made the people to submit to do his will, and his will was in opposition to Allah's will. There were those who did this bidding. They gave Pharaoh, Moses, and Aaron the opportunity to avoid the judgment of God. They came and said to Pharaoh, let my people go. And they told Pharaoh, before it gets too hot for you, you have no need of these people. You have misused them. You have abused them. And you have benefited from them. Now God has need of them. Let them go. And Pharaoh, believing he was a God, besides God, these are my people. I determine where they go, when they go, and how they go. This battle between the righteous and the wicked occur all throughout the Bible. Throughout the New Testament, there's no mention where the fight for good and evil ends after death. The Old Testament, the fight of the good versus the evil is active and live while we still live. David fought evil forces. Saul fought evil forces. The prophets Elijah and Elisha stood against evil forces, not after they died, but while they lived. 
and each and every prophet of the Bible in fighting the wicked oppressors told their people, come out from among them. Abraham took his people. Moses took his people. David took his people. They all left the people that had oppressed them, abused them, and misused them. No prophet ever came to tell the people to get along with those that had misused and killed them. No, not one. Not one. So when we're looked at as separatists, when we're looked at as different, and what the Bible says, then we hold the scriptures up as reference that we stand in the line of the divine word of Almighty God. This is a constant of God's will throughout Bible and Quran. There is an oppressor. And at a certain point, God raises a warner to warn the wicked rulers to stop and submit to his will. Throughout the word of God, Allah has given a plan to remove the oppressed and place them in a land of their own. And even in that, he offers mercy to those that have not earned or deserved mercy. Allah is so kind, he said, just let them go and have a place of their own. He could have easily said, I'm not bargaining with you. I will kill you outright. I won't waste my time asking you to do what I don't need you to do. It's like us as parents, none of us negotiate with children at home. We don't sit down and say, please, clean your room. We don't say, please, if you don't mind, take your friends out and don't bring them back. We give them an order or we say, or else. Clean that or else. Get him or her out or else. But in Allah's mercy, and knowing that the wicked was a part of his will, he gives them a chance in his patience to turn from their wicked ways. But many times we don't understand and we're like, well, God, why would you punish them? Because you can only see two feet in front of you, but God sees trillions of years in the eons of time. Most of the wicked rulers do not agree at first with Allah's messengers, and they mock ridicule, and most of the prophets have been killed for the truth that they represent. The process of separation and to begin a nation of their own causes the pharaoh, a king, a ruler, to become so inflamed that he says, before you leave me, I'll kill you all. Pharaoh had to receive the plagues from God in order to be convinced to let the people go. But the people of Moses also had to be convinced to be let go. They weren't in agreement with Moses either, many of them. Even though they were beaten, even though they were being killed, even though they received no freedom, no justice, and no equality, they still had a clinging to their slave master and did not trust one of their own. So the plagues that God gave through Moses and Aaron not only affected Pharaoh and his people, it also affected the people of Moses. And God allowed the plagues to whip on those people until they say, hey, we're ready to go. Please let us go. And those plagues, all 10 of them, beat Pharaoh and his people to Pharaoh said, please get them the hell out of here. He couldn't take it anymore because he felt his scientists, 
his human services people, his army, his laboratories, his company could outdo the will of God. So the water that turned into blood, he put his water treatment, he couldn't change it. And the plague of the frogs, he's used his veterinarians, but they couldn't change it. And the plague of the gnats, he tried his best to alter it, but he couldn't do it. And the plague of the flies, and the cattle that die, and the boils, and the hail that comes, and the plagues of locusts, and the plague of darkness, and finally, the plague of death. And when death hit the household of Pharaoh, he had to recognize there's some power greater than me. But even after that, in his anger, he wanted to kill Moses and his people. But right before he could do that, Allah grabbed him. And on his deathbed, Pharaoh had to bear witness to the magnificent power of Moses God. And before he died, Pharaoh had to put his hands in the air and say, I bear witness in the God of Moses. Because Pharaoh had never seen power like it had been displayed. He had never seen the might of a human being the way that it had been displayed. He had never seen the awesome control of earthly forces as it had been displayed. He didn't see men fight him. He saw little gnats, millions of them, confound his people. He saw flies. He saw things that he thought he had control over that drove him and his people crazy. And when he as a God thought he had power over life and death and he could not bring his son and they could not bring the others back, he knew there was a power greater than himself. So on his deathbed, he had to bear witness, and the slaves were let go. But what about now? We believe that we're living in the day of the fulfillment of the scriptures of the Bible and the Holy Quran. We believe that what we read as prophets, and a prophet sends a message in advance, a prophet predicts and tells of things to come. Prophets are not historians. They are not telling of things that happen. They are teaching a prophetic word to a community of what will happen. Bible and Quran, some history, but books of prophecy. Books to tell us of things to come, but they don't necessarily tell us of the time in which it would come. But we believe that we're living in the time of the fulfillment of those prophecies because we're walking out of the pages of those scriptures every second and every hour of the day. The chiefs, the leaders of this country, and our president and all those in authority, they want us to obey as Pharaoh wanted Moses to obey. They want us to respect and obey their bidding. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said, this is right, we should obey the law. We should respect the law, for without laws there is no order, and without order we have anarchy and the total disruption of our society. But when their direction is not right directing, yet they order us to join their armed forces, to fight on the side of the oppressor, 
They are forcing us to take the vaccine. They tell us we will go to jail or lose our jobs if we do not obey them. They will put us out of schools. Then we respectfully, kind sirs, we must decline to obey modern Pharaoh or to submit to his bidding. This is the battle of the wills. We now hear the call of a higher calling. We hear the will of Allah being articulated to us through the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. We would rather obey God. And this brings us into a clash with the government of the United States and the various states and cities on national level and state level and local levels. We can obey you if your will is right directing, if your bidding is right directing. But if your bidding is in contravention to the will of God, then the prophets, messengers, and apostles teach us Allah's will that specifically for a certain people and for a certain time period that whenever God sends a prophet, he gives that man a message that is based upon an eternal message. That message embodies the will of God. We will be right directed by that kind of man. This message is the will of God to cure a particular spiritual, moral, physical ill of the people of that day and time. This teaching which embodies God's will is a cure and it is sitting upon a permanent teaching. This teaching has immutable principles that never change, no matter what time or what season. And these immutable principles is the immutable, unchanging will of God. God sends us prophets and God sends us messengers. The Muhammad of the Holy Quran, peace be upon him, is called the universal prophet. He is called the universal prophet because he brings a message that fits all people, all conditions, for all times, up to the resurrection and the judgment of the world. He is called the universal prophet because the message that he brings makes it unnecessary for a prophet ever to have to appear again. For that message will be internalized in the hearts and minds of the people. Therefore, there will never again be a need for a prophet or a messenger. Because there, has been, because there has been a negation of the practice of the prophet, there is a need today for a reminder. There is a need today for a warner. And more than that, there is a need today for a power to be in the world that the will of Allah may be implemented. In part nine of the lecture series, the time and what must be done, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan gives us the parable of the wicked husbandman. It's found in the book of Luke chapter 20. And it is talking about a vineyard. And it goes that after the owner of the vineyard let out the hands of some wicked husbandmen, he would send people into the vineyard to check on the fruit of that vineyard. The definition of a husbandman is a master of a house, a tiller, a cultivator of soil. When God puts a ruler over the vineyard, or in clearer terms, when he has made our enemies, the people, a ruler over peoples, the societies of the earth and their institution, God sends prophets into the world and the mission of these prophets is to see what was the fruit of the work in his vineyard. 
Did you cultivate these people? Did you care for these people? Did you treat these people properly? Did you bring them into humanity and expose them to their latent, hidden, dormant divinity? Or did you kill the prophets, imprison them, beat them, lie on them, and destroy the righteousness of their work? The scripture teaches us that when the heir to the vineyard, the owner's son, was sent into the vineyard, the wicked husbandman, the ruler, seized him and killed him. After this happened, Jesus, talking to the Jewish people of that time, asked the question, what will the owner of that vineyard do when he comes? Which is the same as saying, what will God do when he makes his appearance in the world? After they gave their answer, Jesus said to them, Have you not read in scriptures that the stone that the builders rejected has become the headstone of the corner? This is God's promise to the heirs of his kingdom. So Jesus said, Therefore I say unto you that the kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to a nation bringing forth the fruits thereof. And whosoever will fall on this stone shall be broken, but on whomsoever it shall fall, it will grind him to powder. Here we are in 2021. The prophets have come. Some have been beaten. And some have been killed. and Some have been put into prison. We, the black people in America in particular, and black folk in Western Hemisphere, we are the victims of the worst slavery in the annals of history. We were brought into this Western Hemisphere in this crime against humanity called the international and transatlantic slave trade. We are the heirs of that promise. We were seized. We were beaten. We were imprisoned. We were hung. We were castrated. We were sold from our mothers. Our mothers had children cut from their stomachs. We were prevented from marrying our women. We were prevented from speaking our tongue. These are not our names. These are yours. The actions that we have, these are not our actions. These are the actions taught to us by a slave master. The murder that's in our community, while we have a responsibility, we've been taught by a murderer. We've been murdered since we've been here. We've been beat up since we've been here. So now that we give like actions, we're the only ones on the news that appear to be criminal. But every time you show us criminal, you make yourself more of a criminal. We have been miseducated. Our areas that we live in, they're polluted. We live on top of contaminated soil. Our food is the worst food in America. Our water is the worst water in America. Our schools have the worst building, the cheapest books, and the worst computers. Our neighborhood are the worst neighborhoods. We live by the dump. You don't. So what would God do when he comes back? And an evil husbandman has done this to us. We were put to death mentally. We weren't allowed to say Allahu Akbar. We weren't allowed to practice Islam. 
We weren't allowed for our women to dress properly. You raped our women and you made them naked. We weren't allowed to dress like men. We weren't allowed to grow and take care of our families. Children separated from their fathers. Fathers separated from their daughters. Raped at the next door in the slave pattern. Raping the next door in 2021. We have been murdered. We have been destroyed here. So wicked husbandmen must be seized as we were. We have been imprisoned for the smallest of crimes. Many prisons are filled with black men selling marijuana. 20, 30, 40 years ago, the marijuana seller was the worst man on the neighborhood. Everybody dogged him. There you go, selling death. But because you saw profit and because you saw money, they don't call it dope anymore. You selling medicine. The same what you called dope man and arrested him and went by and knocked in his house and took all his money and claimed all his property. You now have beautiful buildings where you sell legal marijuana. And when a black man had no currency, he had it underground. Now you have it in your stores where it's all spread out and nice and beautiful. Same dope, but you make the profit. Billions of dollars and the very police that arrested us, you hire them to protect your store that sells the same marijuana. So now that marijuana is legal, our brothers haven't been let out of jail. They're still in there. You knew what you were doing. You let that economy get big, and then you took it over. The same as you did numbers. Black people did numbers back in the day. You saw the economy get big and make money. You took it, and now you call it the lottery. Everything that we do, you destroy it. But there's one thing on this planet that you cannot destroy, and that is the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. So Jesus asked, what will the owner of the vineyard do on his coming? He's literally saying to the people to whom he was speaking, what will God do when he comes into the world after your 6,000 years of misrule? He will miserably destroy those wicked men. And he will let out his vineyard into other husbandmen, which will render him the fruits in their season. The minister says, you have had sway over the earth and its people. You have had power to set up your institutions of governance, your institutions of religion, your institutions of jurisprudence, your institutions of education, and your institutions of economics. This is the world of the wicked. In the Bible, the book of Daniel, and the book of Revelations, the scripture, the scripture mentions a fourth beast which is more terrible than any other. This is referring to America. And another beast is described as having the ribs of a man in his mouth. Well, we are that people that you have torn to pieces. And because we are the heirs of the promise, as you have destroyed us, the God who is present is now destroying you. Today, the God of our salvation has appeared and there is no power that you have that can stop him from redeeming the black man and woman specifically, but all of humanity that desires it and fulfilling his promise to us. And what is that promise? That promise was given to Moses that God was going to take the children of Israel. And as Minister Ishmael Muhammad said from the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and separate them from Pharaoh and the Egyptian people of that time. God was going to send them into a land that he would give them a land of flowing with milk and honey. That same promise is extended to the black man and woman of America. 
the God of judgment and justice has raised the Honorable Elijah Muhammad to separate us. If God's judgment is coming down on America, why are you still holding black people? They really have let us go, but in another sense, they are still holding on to us. You have held us hostage now because you know that we are the people of God. We are the people of God's choice to bring in a world of righteousness and justice. So in this 18th chapter of Deuteronomy, God said to Moses, I am going to raise them a prophet like unto you, and I am going to put my words in his mouth, and he will speak unto them all that I shall command. You can't have a man like Moses unless you have a wicked ruler like Pharaoh. You can't have a people like the children of Israel who are under torment unless you have the 400 years. Well, we've been here for over 400 years. We came here in 1555. If God is going to raise a man like Moses, that man will not come with the message to integrate. He will come with the message to depart. In the book of Isaiah chapter 29, it says, Behold, I lay in Zion a foundation for a stone, a tried stone a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. We, as black people, are rejected in every society, but that rejected stone would become the headstone of the corner. And in the book of Romans, it says, Behold, I lay in Zion a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. Well, the world has stumbled on us, and now the world is breaking into pieces. When God says he will take the kingdom from you and he will give it to a nation that will bring forth the fruits thereof, what nation is that? This nation is talked about in the second surah of the Holy Quran when Abraham and Ishmael had laid the foundation of the spiritual house that is the spiritual center for all Muslims, the Holy Kaaba at Mecca. When Abraham and his son Ishmael finished that building, they prayed, Oh Allah, accept this from us. Make us Muslim and raise from our offspring a nation in submission to thee and raise from among them a messenger and teach him, purify him, that through him he might purify his people. So here we are. Do we need purification? Yes, we do. And the scripture teaches in the book of Malachi that when the son of righteousness come, he would be like a fuller soap, like a refiner's fire and he would be the purifier of his people. And all those who submit to do the will of God, their conduct, their language, their actions, their life, will be purified. So the scriptures are clear. A nation is going to be given the kingdom. And that nation is a nation carved out by God for himself of the black man and black woman of America. Well, brothers and sisters, we're in that time of the fulfillment that we are to take our place. But we can only stand it if we have faith. So the Bible says in Hebrews, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. How do we get it? How do we find faith? Faith is a gift from God that he gives to each and every human being. Faith is the construct of your life. Faith is that which underpins who and what you are. Faith leads the faithful to obedience. The Bible says that there is no temptation before you but such that is common to all men. But God is faithful and will not suffer you to be attempted above what you are able, 
but he will, with the temptation, also make a way that you may be able to bear it. We're all going through our suffering. We're all going through our deprivation at this time. But God is allowing us to have faith in his way, faith in his process, faith in his messenger. We are in that time of judgment. When God renders his judgment, he wants us to agree. God is patient with us, so let us learn to be patient with him. How do we know that we're in that day of judgment as we close? God challenged Abraham. Abraham was in the day of city of Sodom and Gomorrah, and he said, I'm going to destroy them. And Abraham thought he could find some righteous people. He started with 50, but he couldn't find them. 40, couldn't find them. And went all the way down to a future where God says, if you can find one, I will save the city. The Bible says on that very day, he couldn't find one. And that day, fire and brimstone fell on Sodom and Gomorrah. So as it was in the days of Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. So as we're witnessing fires on the West Coast, fires that can't be put out, tornadoes in the Midwestern plains, scorching heat around the world, drought in Africa, food shortages around the world, murder in our streets. We have a mercy among us because as Abraham could not find one righteous man to hold God's wrath, the earth has one righteous man still among us. That one righteous man that is preventing all of us from receiving what we have earned. That righteous man that is praying for us, working for us, living for us, that we might escape God's punishment. That righteous man is the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan by Allah's permission. We still have time, all that here, we have time to receive God's mercy. We have time to receive God's blessing. We have time to escape from the full punishment of God that we have deserved and earned. God has given us a mercy. God has given us a man that loves us. God has given us himself that when you see the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, you're looking at the will of God active among us. He is here for all of man, all of humanity to find redemption and to find resurrection. Come and listen to the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Come follow the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and submit to the God of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Brothers and sisters, thank you as I greet you in peace. Assalamu alaikum. All praise is due to Allah. Brothers and sisters, I know you're at home, but let's give a beautiful round of applause for our brother, student minister Jeffrey Muhammad on such a beautiful lecture entitled The Will of God. When this message is over today, we want you to go around social media, post that link, media.noy.org or noy.org, and let people know about the beautiful message that you heard coming from Mas Maryam today. Brothers and sisters, if you believe that what you heard is the truth, and that it is good for our people, 
we would love for you to join your nation of Islam. You can do so by going online right now to noi.org forward slash join and completing the form. One of our representatives this week will reach out to you to tell you the next steps on how you can become an official member of the Nation of Islam. Also in the major world religions, brothers and sisters, we have a principle called charity or zakat. And in the Holy Quran, Surah or chapter two, verse 254, it says, O you who believe, spend out of what we have given you. So we ask that at this time, if you have something that you can give to the cause of freedom, justice, and equality, and to the work of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and the Nation of Islam, we want you to go right now and click the donate button on your screen or go to noi.org forward slash donate and give whatever Allah places on your heart to be able to give. We also want you to visit us online at store.finalcall.com. There you can find a host of materials from books by the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, books by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, and so much more. Visit us today at store.finalcall.com. If you have yet to secure your subscription to the greatest newspaper on earth, The Final Call News, we want you to get the digital version if you're not able to get it on the street and go to finalcalldigital.com and complete the form today. For just $8 a month, brothers and sisters, you can get this beautiful and powerful newspaper sent to your cell phone or your tablet each and every week. We also want you to visit us at finalcall.com at the top of the page. You'll see a button that says Final Call Radio. You can click that button 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and get powerful excerpts of lectures by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, our Friday Jumar prayer service, our weekly Sunday mosque meetings, and so much more. Visit us today and every day at Final Call Radio. Also, if you have yet to hear, the Nation of Islam Supreme Bean Pie is now available for nationwide delivery. You know when you order one, you can't just have one. You might as well get you two, three, or four. But you can order all of that and more at thesupremebeanpie.com and order your bean pie today. Also, on last Friday, at our study group, Self-Improvement, the Basis for Community Development, we had a powerful COVID-19 power pack session. It was led by our sister student minister, Dr. Ava Muhammad, and we had a panel with Dr. Safiya Shabazz, Dr. Velva Bales, Dr. Akili Muhammad, Sister Anissa Muhammad, Dr. Darnita Muhammad, and you, they just gave practical steps on self-care during this time of the pandemic and this time of trouble. You can watch that replay and sign up for our online video platform at media.noi.org. And last but not least, we want to invite you each and every week to our Wednesday and Friday night studies at 7.30 p.m. Central. On Wednesday, we studied the time and what must be done, and on Fridays, self-improvement, the basis for community development. And as always, each and every Sunday at 10 a.m., tune in right back here at NOI.org for another powerful lecture from one of the various student ministers of the Nation of Islam. With that being said, brothers and sisters, we thank you for tuning in. Let us close out today's meeting with a word of prayer. In the name of Allah, the Beneficent, the Merciful. All praise is due to Allah, the Lord of the worlds, the Beneficent, the Merciful, Master of the Day of Judgment in which we now live. Thee alone do we worship and thine aid do we seek. O Allah, guide us on the right path, the path of those upon whom thou hast bestowed thy favors, and not the path of those whom thy wrath is brought down, nor of those who go astray after they have heard thy teaching. Amin. Assalamu alaikum.
Greetings, dear listeners. We have been blessed by Almighty God Allah over the 90 years of our work in the nation of Islam and lifting our people up from the miserable condition in which we find ourselves. We ask your support of our effort and we hope that you will be generous and make a contribution to the work of the Nation of Islam and the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan by clicking the button below or go to noi.org forward slash donate. We thank you in advance for your support. May Allah God continue to bless you and your families. Assalamu alaikum. Now you can get the same uncompromising truth you've come to expect from the Final Call newspaper on all your connected devices. Subscribe to the Final Call Digital Edition today. Go to subscribe.finalcalldigital.com.